0: What's up, Journey Church? How's everybody doing today? You excited to be here? Man, I couldn't wait to get here today. It's a good day. Amen? Well, you might be looking around like, what's what's going on? And uh, we invited some friends to join us this morning. Uh, We have some things that we want to share with you and answer a lot of questions for you. Before we jump off into all that, let me take a moment to welcome those who are here maybe for the first time. Uh, If you're our first-time guest today, my name's Jay, this is my wife Stacy, we're the lead pastors here at Journey. We're blessed to have you with us today, that you would choose to come and worship with us here at Journey. And then I also want to take a moment to to thank all the ones who are joining us online. Welcome. It's good to have you as a part of this service today. And Journey Church, can we give a a great big hand clap to those joining us online and all of our first-time guests? Love it. I do want to take a moment before we dive into this to talk to all the guys and invite you to come out to be part of something. Uh, We have a tremendous Journeymen's Life Group, and we are actually meeting this Thursday at 7 o'clock. First Thursday of every month during Life Group semesters. uh, The guys all get together. We have a great meal together, and then we spend some time in the Word. And so this Thursday, we're going to meet here at Journey. We're going to have a meal in the foyer at 7 o'clock. And I just want to take a moment to invite you to come out and be a part of that. It's going to be a blast. And,
1: and we also have our Journey Girls Spring Bible Study that starts this Tuesday night on the 5th at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. So I want to encourage you to bring all of your friends to come out. And be a part of that. Um, we're going to be studying Lisa Turkhurst's new book. It's not supposed to be this way, and we're going to have a great time making new friends, having table discussion, and we're going to have king cake. King cake's good at I'm our saying. event Tuesday night. Right so there. come out,
0: girls, for that. I got king cake for what, like two, three more days. That'll and, be the uh, last day. So cool. I'm going to tell you, get as much of it in as you can right now. Okay, uh, who, who in here loves king cake? Okay, uh, who in here you can't stand king cake? Okay, come see me. We're gonna pray for you after church. Okay, Uh, yeah. You don't like king cake. Okay, man. It's okay. It's okay. We'll eat
1: the king cake. Melissa's not
0: in here. She doesn't like king cake. And uh, I can't believe I just said that. Like, but she doesn't. So I hope that doesn't. You know. Okay, whatever. All right. So, anyway, here's. It's just hard for me to believe that anybody wouldn't like king cake. I know I'm going back to this, but it's just I tell her the same thing, Coco. So he, here's what we're doing, we're having. We're closing out our series today, Better Together, and this series has been all about how so many times we have an independent mindset, we try to live out our life that way, but we are so much better together. In other words, when we're walking in unity with God, when we are within our marriages, we're walking in unity with Him and in His will and His purpose for our, our lives. It's such an amazing thing, and so he, here's what we decided to do uh, when we planned this series out. I told our staff that I wanted to have a week where we could answer questions because somebody said this one time. They said, well, you know, in church, you know, sometimes I just want to raise my hand and ask a question, but we really can't do that. And, and I said, well, we, we'll get a little crazy. But what we wanted to do was have a, a time where we can just answer questions. So we put it out during the date night to have y'all present questions. And uh, man, y'all had a lot of questions. Then we put it out on social media this past week a lot more questions came in. And so the bulk of the questions are about uh, things like, how do I deal with toxic relationships? How do I, you know, if I'm walking through life and I have a spouse who maybe isn't serving the Lord, what do what I do in that situation? Uh, honoring uh, our spouse, loving, respecting, all that kind. Just the, that, that thread that ran throughout the bulk of the questions. And so I invited some good friends with us today. I, if you don't know John and Coco Harris, you need to get to go know them. This couple right here is absolutely amazing, and they've been involved at Journey Church for many, many years. Uh, they've helped uh, coach life groups, co-host life groups, just all types of stuff, and I think they pretty much have greeted every person uh, in the last five years, you know, like every service, and then if you don't know Jeremy and Taylor Quintini, you need to get to know her. That uh, I, I was a, uh, <laughs> uh, they are absolutely amazing. Uh, they have been on staff here. as ex- uh, Well, they started out as student pastors, now executive pastors, doing a tremendous job. And uh, Taylor has probably one of the greatest ministries of all, raising the four kids that they have. Uh, they didn't have any kids when they got here, and they figured that out real quick. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and move, moving on. Okay, so... so <laughs> Should I tell them now that you're pregnant again? No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Okay. Literally heard like a collective gasp. Yes. Like, okay. From her. Okay. That was a joke. I'm sorry, Taylor. That's a bad joke too.
2: It wasn't that bad.
0: Okay. All right. So here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, these are y'all's questions. Y'all presented these questions. A lot of them were, you know, repeat questions. And so we narrowed it down and literally put together an entire page of questions from just tons of questions that came in. We're probably not going to be able to get to all of these, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just jump in, we're going to answer as many of these as we can. The first one is this. There was a thread from a lot of questions that came in about dealing with toxic relationships. Now, uh, this, uh, most of the questions that came in were dealing with either friends or family members. And, and here was kind of what we narrowed it down to. When do you know that it's time to cut ties to a toxic friend or family member, but they also talked about proper boundaries. And so I don't know who wants John. Do you want to jump in there? This is kind of his expertise yeah, this area. Is,
3: this me here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to. First of all, be aware of what's going on, what's toxic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can be so accustomed. They don't know it is toxic. You'd be comfortable with it and be intimidated. Mm-hmm. And so. Through the word, he said, giving a spirit of fear, the power of love and a sound mind. So you have to take note of your life and value you. And it's okay to say no and set the boundary to protect yourself. And a couple of things you got to protect. You have to protect your emotions. You have to protect your spirit, especially if you walk with the Lord. Because it said, guard your heart with all diligence out of the issues of life. Yeah. So whatever is in, you put in That's what you're going to produce and a lot of times you can still set the boundary and still not hate them because you still want to exemplify his love because everybody out there is seeing how do we relate to issues that go on in life so you have to protect yourself and then get the right support system the right counsel and be prayerful on how to deal with that and you can still walk in victory and still love a person from a distance yeah boundary
0: boundaries are amazing a lot of times people think well i I can't put boundaries in place because the enemy makes you think like well, you know well if you do that you're a bad christian and here's what i'm gonna tell you boundaries are, are a wonderful thing and as you said, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power love and a sound mind. Don't, don't let fear direct you. Don't let fear be what leads your relationships. Uh, I like what I think it's Proverbs 28.1. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursue, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and walk in boldness to put those boundaries there because they're, they bring health to your life and to your family. So y'all have anything y'all want to add uh, to that? Okay. All right yeah. then.
2: I, <laughs> okay. I think that, uh, you know, the interesting part about toxic friendships or relationships in general is that we've all experienced them. I mean, we all know someone who has brought us down, and you know, what's even a little more tender is that we might have been that person to someone else. And so, uh, looking at it from a kind of a bird's eye view, honestly, from the Bible's perspective is that... We are to be be a people who learn to be obedient to the commands of God, and and if there are people in our life that are causing us, they're like they're an agent of the enemy, causing us not to be obedient to what God is. Uh, explicitly saying in his words that how we are to act in certain ways, then that's probably uh, a, a grounds for starting to 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 be bold, like Pastor Jay saying, and and creating boundaries. And there's a book out there; it's called Boundaries, and I would recommend that book. And if there's something that you're struggling with, but if you're the person, then I would suggest, hey, then we really need to repent wherever we're at and turn again to the Lord. Um, but that would be my my, my suggestion. In that is. Um, is be obedient to what God has called you to do, and nothing can come in between that obedience.
0: All right, then here's a quick question. Pop quiz. How many of y'all in here have been hurt before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, Now, here's another question. How many of you in here have hurt somebody before? Raise your hand. Okay. The thing is this. We we all have places within our life where we've been hurt, and we need to allow God to to heal us, but maybe there's areas where in the situation we have been hurtful towards somebody else, and we need to repent and ask God to forgive us for, for our part. And, and here's what I have found that has been great. Sometimes God asks me to, to humble myself. Uh, I, I love pie, but humble pie sometimes, ooh, man. Uh, you humble yourself, and you, and you go to that person and ask them to forgive you uh, in the part that you played. But still, it's okay to have those boundaries or to place them there uh, so that you don't get, allow maybe continued behavior to affect you or, or your family as well. So any, anybody have anything they want to add to this? Okay. Stacy, you're... I tell you what, before we, we jump off into that, that because we're getting ready to talk about love, respect, all that kind of stuff. Let's stay in this vein, and here's another question that came in. I, I don't mean to, I'm going to let you ask that question here in just a second. But uh, this question came in, uh, I'm tired of having being friends with someone in a one-sided relationship. And They said, I fired this friend. In other words, like, I, I, guess, I guess that means like I cut the friendship off, and I feel relieved. But do you, do you think God could be disappointed? And uh, what I shared about that in the first service was this. I think it depends on how you cut them off. I, I like what John is saying in the sense of we still have to reflect Christ and walk in the love and the nature of Christ. And that doesn't mean that we can't put boundaries there. But, you know, if you got all up in this person's face and, you know, called them names and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to see you again, you ugly dog, you know, stuff like that, uh, that's God's probably not very proud of you for doing that, okay? Uh, But if you handled yourself in a Christ-like way and you just put the boundaries there and said, you know what, it's probably better, you're going this way, I'm going this way. And uh, that that's, a, you know, a proper way to handle that. And if you feel, as, as this person said, they feel relieved, if there's a sense of peace within your heart, that's a good indicator that was probably handled the right way. Uh, I think that probably one thing that we need to think about is if if it continues to stay weary, wear some on your heart or heavy on your heart, then maybe God's trying to do something there. So I, I don't...
4: Yeah, I would like to just say um, it's interesting because I think when we think of these toxic relationships and, you know, getting rid of a bad friend and stuff, the focus is on them because they're maybe doing the wrong. But throughout Scripture, God brings the focus back to us and the condition of our hearts. And I think about Matthew 5, 44, where we're commanded to love our enemies, pray for those who persecute us. And so I think a great indicator to know if you have handled yourself correctly and if God's pleased with you, can you love that person still? Can you pray for that person? They may be a frenemy where they were a friend and they're crossing over to enemy, but can you... Love them. Can you bless them? Can you pray good things for them? And I think in doing that, our hearts are protected. And the promise in the rest of that scripture is so that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven. Right. So it's protection for us.
0: Well, and it's also being willing to forgive, because Scripture tells us that if we're not willing to offer forgiveness, then the Lord cannot extend forgiveness to us. And we've got to be willing to, to walk in the love, the forgiveness, the grace of the Lord. So. Does anybody have anything else? To th- I, I like what you're talking. It, it really kind of comes back to change. A lot of times we want God to change that person. And this goes into our marriages and our, our relationships as well. But so many times God's wanting to change us. What, what is it that he wants to change in me? So anybody? Okay. All right. You're up.
1: Okay. So the next question was, what are some specific ways that a husband can show love to his wife? And All this right. is based out of Ephesians 5.
0: Now this, this is Ephesians 5:33 talks about the love and respect that we are supposed to have in our households. And I know when she read that question, you know, a lot of, us were probably like this, like pay attention, wake up. Okay. But. Well, can you, I
4: answer it even though I'm a woman? Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll allow that. Okay.
4: Um, I think it's, it really falls into two categories. It's saying it and doing it. And I think, you know, women need both to, to see the love and receive the love. Saying it, and it's learning your spouse to know in which way you should do it. Is this through a card? Is this through a letter? Is this, I'm so proud of you and your accomplishment at work? Just simply, I love you. You're beautiful. But giving her that verbal um, commitment to showing your love and appreciation, and at the same time doing. You know, are you helping on the home front? Are you engaging in the things maybe she needs, she enjoys, Um, but showing her in a variety of ways. And, again, learning your spouse, not being satisfied with, well, we got married, we're done, this is it. But it's a continual learning and growing together of how you can um, specifically with your spouse show that love.
0: Okay. All right. John?
3: Well, I can speak for us like the word says, how you need to be uh, aware of your spouse. So I know where her she enjoys cooking, serving, mission trips, and when she wanted to switch careers, it was a big faith step. But I wasn't like, "What you doing? What's wrong with you?" I, I didn't act like that, you know. <laughs> Number one, I'm smart.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm <was> smart. <laughs> Her family runs deep. I got some great sister in law, so I want to stay on their good side. And plus, mama. <laughs> and so I wasn't a sweet for the guys. You can't be intimidated by that. So she wanted to get into healthcare, So, okay, what we need to do. So I found out her love language is that she wanted to get into that. So I had to be prayerful and, hey, let's run with it. Okay. It just wrong. I'm serving her, respecting her in that, and no matter if it took a few hours a day, or extra 11, 12, 12, one at night studying and doing this, that, and there, going to school, I had to adapt and learn to serve in that capacity and still walk in boldness and confidence who I am. It doesn't take nothing away from being a man or a husband. What I'm doing is showing how much I am a man, and a husband and pushing her forward, I believe you. And eventually she was able to accomplish that. So find out what your spouse is love to do and like to do. And that's honoring them and God will reward you for that.
0: Okay,
5: okay that's good. And it's about respecting what your spouse is into because a lot of times we tend to say, Oh, he's going hunting. Let let, let him do his thing. She's going to, to get her nails done, let her do that thing. Or whatever it is, just respect the fact that your husband, your wife is doing something that they love. If you encourage them to do that, if you get in with them and do that with them and show them that, hey, I respect you, I love you, I care what you're doing, I'm interested in what you're doing, I'm not just playing like I'm paying attention, but I'm really paying attention. And if you give that and show that to a man, let me tell you something. You know, I'm not talking about sex or anything. I'm just saying, you know, because of course I, hurt, not. I kind of, that's not where I'm going. I'm just saying, if you do that, they're going to realize and respect you even more and open themselves up to you. And that's the way jo- John's over is. like, what, what? what? <laughs> What's up with <laughs> Oh, you know that's what it's about respecting what they're interested in, and it, that goes a long way. Okay.
1: Yeah, it goes. It goes into to being a team, and like John mentioned about the love languages, we talked about that on date night. You know, the boundaries book that Jeremy mentioned is an excellent book, but also the five love languages is another one that will change your perspective with your spouse, with your children, with all relationships. Once you can learn to identify what their love language is and and know what your own is you'll know we all have a love tank and we're either overflowing or we're maybe like just on empty and so that's where you know doing for each other and respecting each other and and being able to understand what each other needs that that's very very important okay
0: all right that's good stuff Mm -hmm. y'all enjoying this lots of good material here i hope people are taking lots of notes all right here is the next question and it kind of goes off of that it's based off Ephesians 5 where Paul's talking about husbands loving their wives wives respecting their husbands you know most people and, and a lot of guys you know when it comes to scripture they think of Ephesians chapter five and they know two words out of the entire chapter where it says wives submit and uh s- seriously you don't read on beyond that to find out that Paul basically is saying hey you need to learn to honor and love your wife with the love of Christ and, uh, you know, I would say that, you know, if, husbands, you want to love your wives in the way that God has called you to, it's going to come down to one word. The word is honor, okay? We need to let honor be something that, that is placed within our homes again. And our kiddos need to see us as dad honoring our wife and the wife honoring the husband and, and blessing each other. Here's one of the problems that we have so many times. They heard Taylor talk about the, you know, the, the cards the you know helping around the house and all that kind of stuff and a lot of times the problem is their strings attached whenever that takes place a- and the string attached is what Coco the direction she was going and I ain't going there but well, yeah, but the bottom line is this if we will be willing to honor our spouse serve our spouse a- 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 it with, without strings attached then guess what? that makes for a happy house and a happy marriage and a happy lifestyle so here's the next question is what are some specific ways a wife can show respect to her husband okay that was off of the first question
2: um i i I would like to answer it a little different maybe by uh kind of beating around the bush in a sense uh because sometimes you hear questions and it's almost like you want a formula like there's something okay give me a couple of things to do Uh, give me a couple of you know some practical things and Really, so I'll answer by saying, you know, when you get married, if you're married for 20, 30, 40 years, however long the Lord would, would bless you with, and um, you know, who you are when you get married, you're, you're going to change through the years, and through the years, you're going to be different people. Of course, the, the, the nuts and bolts of who you are is going to be the same, but there are going to be some tendencies, and things about you are going to change, and part of uh, God's working in, in, really, in marriage is to make you Holy. And if I could just give an example, and uh, you know, in the, in the 1500s when Michelangelo was uh, carving out the famous statue, David, uh, it, was a big, it was a big marble block, and uh, someone asked him, you know, it's, I think it took him four years, I think it was, to actually do, and they asked him, they said, how did you do this? And he said, uh, David was always there. I just smoothed away the rubble. I just smoothed it. It was always there. I just brought brought him to the surface. And I think that's what God is doing in marriage. And I think it's that God is using spouses as agents uh, in our lives to help bring about holiness out of us so that we would be a, a certain kind of Jesus people who would look like Jesus. And he uses us. And we grind each other. And we have to submit ourselves to that. So in saying that, as you change and as life moves on, the different seasons of life are always interesting, no matter where you're at. But the answer is, however they, whoever they are becoming, and they're constantly becoming something. Uh, find out who they are, seek discernment and know them, and find out what would please them and do those things. That would be my okay. answer. All right.
0: Anybody well, else have anything? To I can
4: watch? just add something small to that um, because the question is for you know, how do women respect their husbands based on scripture. And I think a big key for women is that we all strive to be nudgers and not naggers. And it can be very difficult, ladies. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying I've like arrived at this. We need a lot of grace and we need a lot of patience, but just remembering, you know, it is about, me constantly nagging to get what I want, to get that David, if you will. You know, it is, it is the, the nudging. It's the, it's the encouragement, you know, to go in that direction and then a quiet trust in the Lord and prayer um, and grace while he's going maybe through some of those processes. And I think that's a big way we can show respect.
2: Okay, One, an awesome thing in our life group just this past Wednesday, um, I think Taylor was sharing about Jesus and his first miracle, uh, water to wine. And Jesus' mother came to him and says, Jesus, he said, hey, uh, they've run out of wine. And Jesus basically said uh, in John 2, he says, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour hasn't come. And then, and then Mary looked at those who are around him. And said, he, she looked at him and said, whatever he says, do it. And then Jesus gives the command, okay, go fill them up with water, and it's going to be turned into wine. Um, but the interesting thing is that even you see a great example in Mary that she wasn't, you know, kind of manipulative. She basically gently said, hey, whatever he said, if he doesn't want to do it, fine. But if, he, if he, whatever he says, it's going to be fine. That's a very interesting way to, to honor honor each other by gentle nudges versus manipulative and ungodly strategies to get what you want. That's good.
0: Okay. Now, let me, I want to grab something you said, uh, nudgers, not naggers. Okay. Uh, that goes for both. Cause everybody, when everybody thinks of nagging, they think of the wife. Okay. Right. Okay. But let me clarify something guys. We can nag too. Okay. That's not just related to ladies. That goes both sides of the equation. And so we need to learn to understand to flow together in unity. We're better together. Let's flow together in unity with the Holy Spirit leading us, okay? So, all right. Uh, I'm going to let you ask. Next question. Next question.
1: Okay. Um, can a couple spend too much time together? And is it healthy
5: to have individual time?
0: Okay. That's the question. Who wants to jump? Take, take that one.
5: <laughs> so... I personally think you, uh, you can't spend too much time together, but then you need a separation. Because all of us are different. You know, we have different personalities. And your husband might not be like my husband, and vice versa. Your wife may not be like the, the other wife or whoever. But I think it's good to separate and have some space, have some time away. That way, because sometimes we can be controlling, where are you going? Who are you going with? Why are you not spending time with me? Well, you got to remember, he does need time away from you. Not in a mean way, I don't mean like that. But he need time away for him to have some other connections because there may be something God want him to work in other brothers that he's getting together with. It may be unsaved people. You know, everything we do is a purpose. It's a purpose in the Lord. So you can't say, oh, well, I don't want you to go tonight. I was in that before. And I I had to say, okay, it's not about you. If anybody know me, I'm always saying it's not about me. It's about what God wants. It's about what God wants to work in him, his purpose. And if you stymie him or her, you're going to mess with the purpose that God has in his life. So it's very important that you do get away. Separate. You know, for whatever
0: time it is. Okay. Anybody else have anything I want to share on that? We're together all the time, and uh, I know sometimes I get on our nerves. Uh, I, know it's, I know y'all are like, what? No, good. No. Uh, but we, here's the thing. Like, I may go to the camp for a couple of days to, to duck hunt, but I can't wait to get home to, to be with my wife. Usually it's about two to three days. It's like, all right, I'm ready to go home and uh like when she goes out of town you know for for a conference or something like that we communicate and talk back and forth and and we can't wait to to get back together but it is healthy to spend some time apart because it's easy to get to where you smother each other if you're not so I I think that every spouse is is different like we we work together we, we eat lunch together we hang out together all the time uh, you know, it's just it's just how God created us, the way we function.
1: Yeah, and our situation is is probably not as common, you know, as as most. But it also goes into the the fact that you know we have different, um, maybe an extroverted personality versus an introverted personality. And I've realized over the years that you know. I'm more of an introvert, but I live in an ex- I function in an extroverted world. It's not that I don't love people; I, I love that. And extroverted, you know, people they thrive off of being social. And in introverted people they need they need a little bit of quiet time, but that recharges them. To to go and, and be extroverted so I think that you know you have to like look at at that is is your spouse you know extroverted introverted and how that plays into the marriage as well into where you do give each other you know time individual time to to recharge but but wanting to be back together again
0: okay you have anything you want to share all right. I think I, I
1: think I will say one thing.
2: One of the reasons it probably is beneficial to be able to get away is because guys needs need brothers. Yep. Like yeah. you need men need men and women need women. Yes. And so it, the the bond that a man can have with a man that and, and and some of my friends being able to call me out if I've been maybe rough to my wife or I've you know said say things and they sometimes I might be able to hear something from another guy who can be direct and to the point over my own wife. And that's very unfortunate because honestly, part of honoring your wife is listening to her and her understanding. But, but you know, God is merciful and he's gracious and he deals with us in, in, in a various uh, method of ways. But guys to guys and girls to girls is a very important strategy that the Lord has. Yeah.
4: You still need those relationships. They don't need to stop existing because you get married and you have your spouse. You know, you still need those friendships and they can be great encouragement in your life. So
2: I'm going out tonight, by the way.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> With your four kids. Me,
0: me, me you and John, we, we're going out tonight. Well, okay. we're going to have four kids. Yeah. I don't know if Hold that's on. a deal breaker. Me and John are going out tonight. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this much. I know that my wife, whenever it comes to going to a conference or something like that, it's good for her to go with with a couple of her lady friends and just hang out it's good for me to go to the camp hang out with with some of the guys that I'm friends with because you're right you need that iron sharpens iron you know Proverbs tells us that we need the right people in our life who will sharpen us and make us better for Christ so uh, here's where I'm gonna go next I want to ask this question because this is something that applies to everybody in this room what is the best way to let go of guilt and pain from past relationships. Not necessarily talking about maybe just dating. Maybe uh, there was a past relationship or there was a hurt or there was something there. But let's talk about pain. Let's talk about hurt and all that kind of stuff and how we can let that go. Does anybody want to jump, jump in there? Any thoughts?
3: I hit it. I'll go on break the ice. Guilt and pain, you have to realize you can't control everything in life. Some things are just, you get side swiped. you like, what has happened? And by having a relationship with the Lord, I can speak to that person, you. God will let you know sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this is just, uh, my mother passed about two months ago. She was 94. And this is just uncommon. He, through the Holy Spirit, will allow you to know, not all the time, something on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And it was like a buffer. And then I didn't tell her to about two weeks later, she had the same thing. And with guilt and pain, a lot of time, God will allow you, even though you get hit, but you won't die. Uh-huh. You get hit because we're in the war, and the pain comes. We all got scars in our walk, but even though the scar is there, you're letting the enemy know, I'm still here. Yeah. And the base of everything... The word says, therefore, there is no condemnation to them in Christ. And guilt, a lot of times we can be our own worst enemy, but then we need to have another person who can be led by God to speak to us on that issue. Don't live in the guilt. Live in your righteousness. And that's through him.
0: Anybody else have anything that they want to add? Okay. Um. Go ahead and ask your next question.
1: Okay, the next question is, um, what do you do when one spouse doesn't have a deep, as deep of a relationship with God as you do?
0: Or it also, there was another question on here as well, talking about when one spouse is serving the Lord and the other one is not. Uh, so what do you do whenever you have one spouse who maybe is on fire for the Lord and the other one is, maybe they're not growing, they're stagnant in their walk with the Lord, or, or even in a situation where you have, where one's serving the Lord and one is not serving the Lord. Anybody want to jump in here on this one?
5: Yes. Um, it's very important that we don't wound people that are, our spouses that are not as far along in the Lord as you are. Because you have to remember where you were at the time when God saved you and what it took for you to grow in him. And as you're growing in him, God take you from what? One level to the next level, from one glory to the next glory. And we have to remember, you didn't just start out. A superman or a superwoman <laughs> you have to gradually grow and God took you at whatever pace you were because God is not a God that's gonna push you or make you go beyond what you're ready to go beyond and it's very important that we realize that if our spouses are not where they are supposed to be in prayer love and kindness and tenderness will lead them so don't let don't get angry I want to use this with my mom my mom was a person and still is always in the Lord, always praying, always reading the Bible. And I got jealous of a good thing. And and it and I just said, Well, why is she always in the word? Why is she always praying? It don't take all that. Well, as I grew and as I grew in the Lord, I realized I needed I wanted to be where she was. But I didn't know how to get there. But I realized and said, Well, Lord, I know that you're no respecter of persons. And you're going to lead me and guide me in the places where I need to go so I can get further in my walk. And that's what it took. Me realizing that she's doing a great thing. She's doing a wonderful thing. She's in the Word. And I got jealous because she was in the Word. How silly is that? So I realized, hey, well, let me get in the Word. Let me get to praying. And now I see. But you have to realize if your spouse is not there, love them there. Pray them there. Don't act like he's a heathen, he's a devil. No, just (laughs) let the Lord lead you at what you need to do and what you need to say and it'll take you a long way.
0: Okay. Anybody...
5: You know, I, I like to answer in
2: pictures, and so in the 1700s, there was uh, one of the founders of the uh, the Methodist movement, John Wesley, uh, was, he was a very popular individual, one of the more popular uh, speakers and, and, and characters in the 1700s in the United States, and so he would go around and he would preach, and he would have crowds up to 30, 40, 50,000 people without amplification, just had a thundering voice, and um, someone asked him one time, they said, hey, hey why do all these people come to hear you preach. And he said, I light myself on fire and people come and watch me burn. And so to answer the question, I would say to uh, a spouse who has some concerns about another spouse in their walk with the Lord, I would say, light yourself on fire and let them watch you burn. And, and, uh, and Titus and um, in First uh, Corinthians seven and First Peter three, it talks about how how spouses, particularly wives, should function and operate if you have an unbelieving spouse. And it talks about the not external adornment, but internal thing, which it says is is precious in the sight of God. So honoring, submitting, those things, those ga- godly characteristics that uh, should should become a part of your life should be the leading thing in. And how you kind of lead, uh, even if you're leading, if you're the man or you're uh, uh, the wife, if you're leading upward, how whatever, uh, but you should be godly in all of your characteristics, you should be pursuing God, just like we have a great example of a mother, Mama West, everybody knows her, be Mama <laughs> West. She, she is a great example, and, 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 and hey, why don't you be Mama West, you know, you can be the great example to your spouse or your kids, in Jesus' name, so that's
1: Right. And you know what? I I grew up in a home where my mom loved the Lord and my dad did not. And so I, I can kind of speak, speak to the, you know, growing up in that kind of home to where I, I, I look back now and I see where my mom, um, you know, once she, um, Gave her heart to the Lord, and she began to, you know, grow in her walk with the Lord. She began to train my sister and I, and and teaching us how to pray and so forth. And and I I saw her having to deal with a husband that didn't really care anything about God, who was a workaholic, you know, who you know th- there was you know would bring home his work issues that that kind of thing, and her having to to um, pray and operate in 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 a way to where she was loving him towards the Lord and so you know I, I just want to acknowledge that if you're in that situation I know it's difficult I know it's challenging but it's not so challenging that the Lord um, cannot help you with it he will be faithful to help you and in, in in be led by the Holy Spirit in how you should minister to your spouse that is not serving God that's
0: good all right now and when he says light yourself on fire he's talking figuratively not literally okay <laughs> In other words, like, shine for Christ in front of them, okay? All right, here's what, we got a few minutes left, and uh, we're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to give each of y'all an opportunity. Tell me one thing, one nugget that you would share with this church, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, something like that. Is to if you could, it doesn't have to do with relationships or marriage or what. It could just be in general. What, what is it that you would share with this congregation?
3: I would say how Paul said in Corinthians that uh, how he there's a race before us and he was not one that was aimlessly uh beating the air so he used that comparison with athletics but men and just people in general men they like to see something visual if we see something happening good we'll go at it we just don't like scatter. that could be just anybody with your walk just don't be aimlessly be accurate find that one thing that you're good at. If it's patience, if it's faithfulness, if it's being a great friend, if it's being a a caregiver or whatever, find that one thing, go at that with everything you got. And don't worry about being perfect because you're gonna miss the mark, I'm gonna tell you that now. You're gonna miss the mark, but as you walking with him, know that he is with you, he will not throw you away and he is faithful to do the work that's in you. So be aim, be accurate and go after it.
5: Amen. Coco? I would say just uh, be patient in wherever you're found because uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And just take your time. Remember where you were and don't get uh, agitated with someone else because God is always there. So just be patient with that person. Walk in grace. Okay.
4: Um, You know, I think that a lot of times we are seeking the desires of our hearts through other people, through other relationships, our spouse, our friendships, our workplaces, whatever they might be. And I think my encouragement today would just be, whatever it is you're desiring and wanting, just focus on yourself in the sense of the attitude of your heart, the condition of your heart. Like we just talked about with, you know, a spouse that may be unequally yoked. Praise God that we live in a day and time where we have endless resources. And if you want to go deeper with the Lord, you don't have to wait for your spouse to like catch up for you to go there. You just have full access today to his presence, to his power. Um, you have audiobooks, YouTube videos, the Bible app, worship music. I mean, it's just endless. And so submerge yourself today in, in him and in those resources, and as you grow in your relationship with Christ, I promise you the other relationships in your life that will just overflow into those.
2: I would say, you know, in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, is a great book. It's a, a part of the wisdom literature, and there's all kinds of uh, great advice. It's the book where it has, you know, everything, there's a season. I mean, it's just an awesome book. And, and, it, and the way he sums it up is, is, is very wise. And he basically, in, in, in chapter 12, he says, um, you know, we've discussed all these things, what is the end of the matter? Like, what is the final conclusion of, of of a man's life? And he says, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. This is everything we have. So I would say, you know, wherever you're at in life, whatever's going on, remember that the gospel itself, it's for now. It's the nowism of the gospel. Just because we were saved all those years ago doesn't mean there's not There's not a constant pursuit of God that we have in this life right now. It's for today. So fear him today. Keep his commandments. Love him and
0: have fun. Okay. Okay. Stacey?
1: Um, I would just encourage you to um, be mindful of communication with your spouse. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, things will will happen, like little things will happen, and we just kind of instead of, like, Talking it over, or, or you know, speaking about it, we we stuff it, and then it grows from something little to something bigger. And so, I would just encourage you to to be led of the Holy Spirit and be mindful to to communicate with one another.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell y'all something that this is what I share with couples. When I, I love doing premarital counseling, as couples are about to step off into marriage, and the one of the last bits of information that I share with them is something that. It doesn't matter if you're getting married, if you're single, or, or, or wherever you are in life, this is something that applies to every single person. I tell them this, we, we could talk about communication, we could talk about finances, we can talk about healthy sex life, all these things that we talk about, premarital counseling, but the greatest thing that I could ever teach you is what Jesus taught his disciples. In John chapter 14, whenever he said this in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. And that's talking about the Holy Spirit. This is what I tell every couple when they sit in my office. I I tell them, hey, listen, you need the Holy Spirit because as you go through life, you're going to try it. A lot of times, remember, we have that independent mindset. I can figure this out on my own. And man, we get ourselves in a jam sometimes, am I right? But the Holy Spirit is the one who wants to walk with us, literally dwell inside of us and be the one who will counsel us and comfort us and minister to us and lead us and direct us. Not not, not talking to us like like a voice in our head, but leading us through peace. We go to do something and all of a sudden we, we feel like, well, that's not quite, I don't feel right about that. Well, that's the Holy Spirit trying to steer you away from that. Or you go to do something and you feel his peace in that situation. That's the Holy Spirit telling you and confirming in you that's what he has and wants for your life. And so here's what I would tell you is the body of Christ. I don't care if you're married, you're single, wherever you are, you need the Holy Spirit. And man, we need him more than ever in this day and age that we live in. Because man, we're, we're facing stuff in this world now that we were talking about this the other day, that the things that the teenagers face now versus whenever we were teenagers, you know, uh, what they face. Because this world is, is just some kind of crazy sometimes, Right? And as the body of Christ, we need the Holy Spirit. Some, some, some of you say, well, well how, do we, you know, how do we get that? Because so many times, because of past experiences or whatnot, we're kind of like, I don't know about all that. But it's simply found in this. As a believer, you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with this presence. Uh, the Bible calls it being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It literally means your life is immersed in him. And it's found in this way, Holy Spirit, I just want everything that you have for me, fill me with your presence, baptize me with your presence, and be the closest friend that that I have as I walk through life. And and growing in that relationship with Him. That that is, you know, quite honestly, one of the greatest uh, bits of information, one of the greatest nuggets that I can share, especially whenever I sit with, with couples and do marital and premarital and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is that he's the one who convicts us to the place of salvation. Whenever I realized that I needed to surrender my life to Jesus, that was not just me like, oh, I have a good idea. Let me give my life to Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit drawing me to him, convicting me, showing me that that I was guilty, that the sin that I was walking in, the sin nature that I was born with, in that guilt I faced an eternity of separation from God and that Jesus paid the price for my guilt at the cross. And that I needed to surrender my life to him and receive what he did for me. Some of you in this room right now, maybe the Holy Spirit is doing that within your life at this very moment. Or maybe you've been wrestling with it in days and weeks past. That man, I I, I feel like I need to, to do this to surrender my heart to Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes across this room. And let's just take a moment that maybe as you're sitting here, you realize, you know, I've never given my heart to Jesus. I have not, as Jesus said, I've not been born again. And that simply means that spiritually you need to experience rebirth in Christ. And today maybe is the day for you to take that step into the family of God. To repent for the sins that are in your life and embrace Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life doesn't mean you got to figure everything out doesn't mean you have to have all the answers but it's simply found in Jesus I give you everything that I am be my Lord and Savior and Master maybe for the first time there might be others even in this room that the Holy Spirit's convicting your heart to bring you to the place of resurrender, where you realize that the way that you used to walk with Christ that you've allowed sin to invade your life and, and and your relationship with Christ is not where it needs to be and you need to to get your life right all over again Maybe wherever you are right now, you recognize and realize it's time for me to take that step. And so I'm going to ask everybody in this room, I I don't care who you are, where you are, whatever. I want to lead you in this prayer. And I want us all to pray this together. I want you to pray it loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me because of that love. And today by faith, I receive what you did. Today I ask you to forgive me. I have sin in my life. And I ask for your forgiveness. That through your precious blood, you would cleanse me. That you would make me brand new. Today I desire to be born again. And I choose to surrender my life to you. I give you everything that I am. And Jesus, come into my heart. Live inside of me and make me brand new today I embrace you as Lord and Savior of my life thank you so much for your forgiveness and your love in Jesus name I pray amen can we give the Lord a good hand clap today now here's here's what I'm going to ask I'm going to ask John if you would pray over every person in this room And just ask the Lord's blessings over them. A lot of things we talked about today, pain, toxic relationships, all that kind of stuff. uh, Great marriages, healthy friendships, all that kind of stuff. Just pray the Lord's blessings over every person here today.
3: Father, we thank you for your word. And we just say and decree and declare the blessings of the Lord upon this house. And those who viewing every situation, circumstance, Father, you will give them the spirit of might and power and wisdom to do that with boldness and courage and father we thank you that you will strengthen us and uphold us you'll never leave us alone you'll never forsake us we will not go out empty-handed and father that they be refreshed renewed in you by the power of the holy spirit that we go out with victory because we are heirs in you and that every person know that they are loved by you and that they can make it because we are more than conquerors through him that love us. We praise you, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Every eye still closed, every head still bowed. I want to ask you this question real quick. Just a minute ago, I led you in a prayer. And some of you in this room, you responded to that. You chose to surrender your heart to Christ. might have been your first time you've ever done that, but maybe some of you in this room, you made a recommitment of your faith to Christ. And today, if you would say, hey, that was me. I prayed that prayer from my heart. And I want you to just, just between me and you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but every eye closed, every head still bowed. If you would say, Pastor Jay, that was me. I did that for the first time or I recommitted my heart to Christ. Raise your hand, let me see it. Is there anybody in this room? I see it right here. Awesome. Back over here, right here. Man, God is so good. God is good. I'm going to give you some instruction for those of you who raised your hand. Do me a favor. In a few minutes, we're going to dismiss this service, and our prayer team is going to be gathered here in the altar area. And I want you to come and meet with one of them. Don't walk out of here. Take a few minutes of your time and come and meet with our prayer team and let them pray with you about your next steps in your walk with Christ, answer questions, talk with you, encourage you. That's a great thing for you to be able to do. So here in just a few moments, I'm going to let you you move on that. But everybody open your eyes, look at me. Everybody smile real big. And here's what I want to tell you. I got a surprise for y'all. Next Sunday, we are going into a new series that I have been so fired up about. It's been written on the board in my office for a couple of months, and it's a series dealing with the heart. And we're going to talk about a lot of different areas, but this series is specifically going to deal with some things because everybody stem, everything stems from our heart. We're going to talk about being a better steward of God's resources that he places within our life. We're going to talk about uh, being better stewards as a church as to what God would have us in building the kingdom by you know, ministering to people, leading people to Christ, evangelism, all those types of things. I cannot wait for us to dive off into this series next Sunday. Here's a really cool thing. We made an investment in you and your family Uh, next Sunday morning we have a gift that we want to put in your hands and uh, it's going to be a blessing to you and your family so next Sunday morning as we dive off into this y'all come ready, bring a friend with you come ready with an open heart, open spirit because we're going to have a blast next weekend and we're going to bless you with this awesome gift as we invest into your family so here's what I want to do everybody stand to your feet and I'm going to invite our prayer team to go ahead and make their way to the front. They're going to be here in the altar area. Church family, listen to me very closely. If you need prayer for anything at all, do not walk out of this building with the same things weighing heavy within your heart that maybe you walked in with. Come let somebody come let somebody encourage you and pray with you. They're here for you. They've been praying for you all week long. And so it's a great thing to join hands with somebody and just agree in prayer over whatever that might be. And as we leave out of this room today, let us never forget this. We don't just go to church. church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We will see you back here this next week.